Hello and welcome to Reading by Flashlight. I'm Allison and in season four we are going over Two Minute Mysteries by Donald J. Sobel. So this is basically a book where there's little mysteries and you want to figure them out and then we'll go over the answer together to see if we were right and if we have good detective skills. So also I wanted to point out that this book, if you have it or if you're interested in reading it, has a lot of mysteries like I don't know how many exactly but there's a lot and with there being that much this episode or not this episode but this season would result in being like between eight to ten episodes long which would be about eight to ten weeks and I don't want to spend particularly that much time on this season so I'm going to only do maybe two more weeks after this of this book so we won't be going over the whole book of this two minute mysteries but just a couple more for those people who maybe do like it i know this is a little bit different so i'm not sure how well everyone likes it just because of how different it is so about in two weeks we'll start um going back to a regular book but if this does continue to be like a well-received series then maybe it's something similar we can do in the future. So now that I finally said all that, let's just get into the first mystery. So this one is called The Case of the Buried Treasure. From the gleam in your eye, I deduce you are about to get rich quick, said Dr. Halladigen. Clever of you, old chap, said Bertie Tilford, a young Englishman with a superiority complex towards work. If I had a mere 10,000, I should realize a fortune. Have you ten? What's the game now, demanded Halladigen, pieces of eight among the quarrels, doubloons from kid's chest. Bertie opened a sack and triumphantly produced a shining silver candlestick. Sterling silver, he sang. See what's engraved on the bottom. Halladigen upended the candlestick and read the name Lady North. Wasn't that the ship that sank in 1956? The Lady North sank, but not with all hands, as is generally believed, replied Bertie. Four men got away with a fortune and loot before the ship capsized in the storm. They hid their loot in a cave, continued Bertie, but the storm started an avalanche and sealed off the entrance, burying three of the sailors inside. The fourth, a chap named Pembroke, escaped. Pembroke's been trying to raise 10000 to buy the land on which the cave is located. You put up the money, the cave is opened, and the loot is divided two ways instead of four. Enchanting, said Halidogen. Only, how do you know Pembroke isn't a swindler? Earlier tonight, he took me to the cave, said Bertie. This sack was half buried in the bushes, and I nearly sprained an ankle on it. I took one look and brought the candlestick here nonstop. You've got to agree it's the real thing, old chap. It is, admitted Halligan, and there's no doubt that Pembroke planted it by the cave for your benefit. How did Halligan know? Okay, I'm not seeing the answer yet, but, like, he said the guy, Bertie whatever Bertie's name is, was talking about $10,000 before. And then he said, oh, yeah, and this guy's trying to raise $10,000 for something. So either, this is probably a long shot, but either Bertie is Pembroke or something has to be related to the 10000 So now let's look at the answer. So pause if you haven't figured it out. Um, it says, if... The sterling silver candlestick had been lying in a sack since 1956. It would have been tarnished, not shining. 
Ugh. My, my guess literally had nothing to do with that. Why? Uh... Well, let's go on to the next one, I guess. The Case of the Cave Paintings. By Jove, this time I'm going to make us both rich, exclaimed Bertie Tilford, the unemployed Englishman with more get-quick-rich schemes and tail feathers on a turkey farm. He paused dramatically, eyeing Dr. Halidigen. You've heard of the caveman paintings in the cave of Font de Guam, France, he resumed. Well, my associate, Sebastian Del Solo, has found the greatest ever example of prehistoric art in a cave on, the, on a farm in Spain. Of course, went on Bertie, I can't divulge the exact location yet, but we can buy the farm with the cave for a mite, dear boy. The farmer suspects nothing. Think of the fortune from tourists. Bertie passed three photos to Halidigen. Behold, Sebastian pushed past suburb, subterranean water canals as far down as 4,000 feet to photograph those drawings. The first photo was of a drawing of a woolly rhinoceros, the second of a hunter's attacking a dinosaur, the third of a charging mammoth. The cave artist worked by light from a stone lamp filled with fat and fitted with the wick of moss, exclaimed Bertie. He used pieces of red moss, explained Bertie, to and yellow orc for drawing and ground them and mixed them with animal fat for painting. How much to buy the farm, said Halidigen darkly. An American, $50,000, said Bertie, but you can have a third share of everything for mere 10000 A third of nothing, you mean, corrected Halidigen. I won't give you a nickel. Why not? What did he find out? Okay, let's see. The drawings of hunters attacking a dinosaur was obviously a fake. Man did not appear till millions of years after the dinosaurs had died out and probably did not even suspect their existence. That's not true. Okay, that's not true. This one is horrible. This says that man did not appear till millions of years after the dinosaurs. That's not true. Man and dinosaurs lived together. And if you'd like more on that, I can do an episode on that. I don't care. But man and dinosaurs lived at the same time. And it was not millions of years ago. But, okay, that still counts as a case, I guess. Okay, the case of the dead boxer. Tony Cerrone's worldly possessions were laid out on a small table in a police headquarters. They consisted of a t-shirt, sneakers, and white cotton trousers. In a pocket of the trousers was a card. The card read, July 28th, your weight, 173 pounds, your fortune, you will enjoy a long life. His life lasted 22 years, Inspector Winters told Dr. Halitogen. <laughs> That's quite ironic. Late last night, said the inspector, we got a call to come to the carnival. Somebody had started up a Ferris wheel. We found a male corpse jackknifed over a strut. At first, I thought the guy had been beaten to death. His face was so battered. Then, I recognized Tony. Last night, Tony fought Kirby Malone for the state middleweight title, he continued. Tony took a pounding. We know he left the arena still pretty dazed. He must have come out the carnival. He used to be a, a roustabout, and he knew his way around. What is that? I'm going to look look it up. It's cool because I can do it, like, during recording this. So, yeah. A roustabout? Okay, a roustabout is an unskilled or casual laborer. So, like, in labor on an oil rig or a North American, a, lab a dock labor or deckhand. 
So, like, it's an occupational term. It's a job. Okay. It says, it looks like he got here after closing, said the inspector, used the scales, and then started up the big wheel. He took a ride, and he fell down. The medical examiner said he died instantly. The famed criminologist contemplated Tony's possessions. He might have been killed elsewhere and hung on the strut, said Halligan. I heard rumors of a fix in the Malone fight. It looks to me like Tony refused to take a dive, and the mob made him pay the full price. The killers apparently did a clumsy job. To avoid giving themselves away, they changed his clothes and staged the scene out at the Ferris wheel. How did Hadjadin know that? Let us look at the answer, because I have no idea. Tony could not have gained 13 pounds in a day. He found out that night of his death for the state middleweight, which was a 160-pound title. When found, he had on somebody else's clothing, for the card in his pocket gave his body weight as an impossible 173 pounds. Ah. Where does it say what, like, like, weight group he was in? Middleweight? He's, he fought for the state middleweight title. So, 173 pounds is over that, then? Okay. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to come back next week for another. And make sure to leave in the poll how many of the cases you got correct. And I'll see you next week.